0: I'm about to start the third arc. Mm -hmm. Anthe's brother.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. We talk
0: a lot about mm, him. Aye, he makes me uncomfortable.
1: welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a Revolutionary Girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing all right. Today, we're not talking about an episode of Revolutionary Girl Utena, but rather a bigger question. And to help us tackle that question, we have a very special guest, Alan Sells. How you doing, Alan?
0: I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here.
1: I am super excited to have you here, especially because... You are on a podcast called The Cool Kids Table, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. And. Recently, you guys have been doing a campaign that is about magical girls. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. Uh, The campaign is called Sequinox, uh, where we play basically the senshi of the four seasons. Uh, I play a character named uh, Yukiku Fuyutama, uh, which her name literally means snow winter. Um, It was about as uh, trans lady as I could get. Um, being like, oh, we can't translate that one. Um, But it's really fun. You know, we go around, save the world, uh, bicker a little bit, but it's it's a good time.
1: It is amazing. I've been keeping up with the Sequinox campaign and recently, Cool Kids Table voted to continue doing the Sequinox Mm -hmm. campaign instead of going on to a new campaign and i'm really excited to find out what shannon Mayner, your gm for this campaign has in store for you shannon of course did our art that's on our twitter page and probably our other social media outlets because i commissioned her and she is wonderful
0: and honestly that's how i found you guys um shannon sent me the, or we were talking we have a big group chat and she was like yeah i'm doing this commission for a podcast called imagine me and uh, Utana," and i was like <gasps> I need this in my life. I need this. And so it kind of got me back on the train to finishing out Utna.
1: We're very happy to have you. And the reason that that is relevant to this episode is we are attempting to answer the question today is Utana a magical girl? Now, I don't want to assume about our listeners, because if you're listening to a Revolutionary Girl Utena podcast, you probably know what a magical girl is, but just in case, magical girl is a genre, a sub-genre of anime and manga that focuses on usually young girls with supernatural powers and what separates it from like your standard superpower story is that magical girls kind of have like these certain characteristics to the series like there will be a transformation sequence a a familiar or an animal companion that helps aid in their transformation sequence and also in their quest and they usually have to defeat some sort of large evil And originally Magical Girls were more of like singular characters that either had like just them and their companion and they were fighting against evil or maybe they had like a friend or a sidekick of some kind. Most people probably associate the magical girl genre with teams of magical girls like Sequinox and also like Sailor Moon because Sailor Moon was sort of the benchmark for the magical girl team. But going back to the individual magical girl, that is sort of where we would find Utena because she does not have a team and the question is again does Utena count as a magical girl this is something that people have been talking about since Utena came out over 20 years ago and I don't know if we're going to be able to answer that definitively because ultimately it isn't a matter of opinion, but I'm going to go around the panel here and let's see what you guys think. So Alice, do you think that Utna is a magical girl?
2: Does Utna is a magical girl? Yes.
1: The rumor come out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say yes without
0: hesitation.
1: Okay. And Alan, what do you think?
0: Yes with an asterisk.
1: Okay. I also think that I'm a yes with an asterisk. Alan, do you want to tell us about your asterisk?
0: Sure. Um, I think that Utana is very hard to pin down uh, exactly what genre it fits into because, you know, you do have a lot of the magical girl tropes. You obviously have the destination or the transformation sequence with the ultimate destiny apocalypse playing in the background, which I adore.
1: The best song. Um,
0: it's so good. Um, although I really also love all of the music in Utena. Um, but, you know, you have that, you have um, the animal companion in Choo Choo, but, you know, it it could actually be argued that, you know, that's not hers but you know that's a whole another can of worms um but i also see shonen in this i see some slice of life you know with the shonen she gets power-ups and she's fighting the fight that you know that she thinks is right and she does it uh, very relentlessly a uh, slice of life when you get wakaba into the mix and you look at what's happening in the school itself instead of just within the duelist
1: yeah yeah i really i really do see what you mean with talking about it's also part shonen because it is also definitely very slice of life but the shonen aspect was not something that i had really considered until you brought it up
2: i haven't yeah i hadn't either
1: i think that utina is a magical girl but my asterisk is that the reason that utina is a magical girl is because utina sort of or the show utina revolutionary girl utina exists sort of as a deconstruction of the genre and I feel like because Utana is sort of like a almost I want to say like a pastiche a little bit but not quite Mm -hmm. of various aspects of other magical girls but sort of flipped on its head I feel like that's kind of how we can still consider Utana a magical girl even though like because on the surface she does have like she has the transformation sequence she has the animal companion she has like this big grand force that she has to overcome in order to save the world because 14 year olds have to save the world I guess yep. but there's a he lot that Utina does that sort of tries to subvert a lot of your expectations about a shoujo series mm-hmm. so I don't know um,
0: and I think, I think the best part of all of this is that The show itself is aware of, you know, just it knows what it's doing and it knows that it's playing a lot of different things and it's wearing a lot of different hats. And there are points in Utano where I think we can all agree are purposefully confusing. So I think it stands to reason that they may even go with the genre being purposefully confusing.
1: That is a really excellent point, because the creator of Revolutionary Girl Ushina, or at least one of the creators, Kunihiko Ikahara, has deliberately gone out of his way to be confusing when answering fan questions about the series.
2: What did he say about the stopwatch? That was really great.
1: I think he said... It holds all
2: the
0: secrets of the universe or something?
2: That was it. it.
1: Yeah, that was it. (laughs)
0: Oh, so, what do you think, Alice?
2: Okay, I understand where you all come from with ambiguity, and, I, and honestly, I agree. And at first, I was just going to say yes, just to just to be annoying, but <laughs> let's look at it just purely as does it check the check this like box? Like think of, thinking thinking a magical girl as a subgenre as a checklist that we are checking off. We have a girl who is magical. Yes, check. We have. We have a strange and sometimes ambiguous enemy, but one that can be e- can be easily fought through other things. Yes. Check. What I mean by that is, in a lot of magical girl anime, you have a nebulous enemy which sends someone else or infects someone else in order to fight the magical girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I can tell you where they are all where they are making chimera animals oh, okay. because I recently watched that hmm. and. It, terrible but i also love it um kind of that's kind of how we have an uthina we have this this nebulous force or the end of the world is kind of s- the one sending these duelists to f- do its fighting for it its purpose is different but it is mechanically doing the same thing mm-hmm. um and those are really the only real honest like you have to have these Checkbox checkboxes. We have a bunch of optional ones. Like, do we have the plucky best friend? Yes. Um, we have Wakaba, who's the real hero of Truly. <laughs> Um and also the real magical girl. But I promised I wouldn't say i would talk about that. Um, mm, but
0: you just did,
2: yeah. I know Wakaba um, is
0: pretty fantastic.
2: We have, we have, even have, we have a sequence which. Just about every magical girl anime has, but like, you don't have to have it all the time. So it's not like it is, has to be the same way. So eh, I don't think that's quite as big of a, like you have to have as people make it out to be, but even if it is, we have one. It is a staple the whole, of
1: the genre. I yeah, it think. is a
2: staple. It is a staple, and we have one. It's pretty obviously one of those sequences. And lastly, we have a villain of the week. Now, in most magical way you have a villain of the week that you never see again. In ours, here, we have, in this in Utana, we have a different villain every episode, or at least a different antagonist every episode. And we see them again, but they're different every time. Mm-hmm. The Mickey of the first duel with Mickey is very different from the Mickey with the second duel with Mickey.
1: Oh yeah absolutely. You really have blown my mind with this revelation that the that there is the big bad which is end of the world who sends out the smaller bads for the villain of the week because like I feel like that should have been something that was really obvious to me but for some reason it didn't click that that's what that was and then now that you've pointed it out it's like I had like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast moment.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're they're literally they, they as far as na- narratively, they serve the same purpose mm-hmm. as the chimera animals in Tokyo Mew Mew. Or uh, the,
1: uh, the Chitano from Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One thing that I think is interesting that is one of the check boxes is the sage uh, animal companion, usually, that gives advice.
1: Choo-choo is the exact opposite of
0: this. Well, I don't is think Chu is meant to fill that role. Hmm. I think that role is actually Anthe, and I think that's a way of Utana turning it on his head because Anthe basically serves as the oracle. She's the one that knows what's going on. She has the codex to decipher all of the craziness that's going around Utana and be that guiding force and that directing path. So no, she's not an animal. Very clearly, uh, she's the Rose Bride, and unfortunately, a lot. in You know, it makes me really, really sad that so many characters in Utena don't treat her quite human that it's almost a commentary on you know that kind of character in my mind
1: I that's really interesting this idea that Anthe is the magical companion I really
0: yeah, like with, I, I really like this I'm idea. with you on that one
1: now, I feel like all three of us have kind of uniformly de- or semi-uniformly decided that we think that Utena is a magical girl. But for the sake of the argument, I have mm-hmm. some web pages that I have found from Googling the phrase, Utena is not a magical girl. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to kind of give a brief summary of their arguments and see what we think about this. Okay. So this is from gargarstegosaurus.wordpress.com uh from a page titled a girl by any other name isn't as magical girl (laughs) a girl by any other name isn't as magical utana tenjo magical girl and the premise of this person's argument is that utana is not a magical girl because she doesn't have her own magic She wields the sword, but she can't actually invoke its magic on her own. Anthe controls the dueling arena and a lot of the other stuff. And there are some things in here that since Alan is only through the second arc of Revolutionary Girl and I'm not going to go into spoilers, but... Anthe controls the dueling arena, kind of, and the magic of the sword, and End of the World controls sort of everything else. So what do we think about this? The idea that Mm. she's not a magical girl because she doesn't actually have her own magic.
0: That's fair. Um, I actually I mean, have it, a counterpoint, but go ahead, Alice.
2: Ooh, I was, was going to say that that was that's just fair, like, um, and that she doesn't really control it directly in the same way that others do. But I wouldn't say that she's completely agencyless.
1: Yeah, no, I I feel like they might be, I feel like this might be coming to a bigger conclusion based on this one small conclusion that she doesn't have her own magic. But Alan, what is your counterpoint? I'm very interested in this. That
0: by that argument, Sailor Moon is not a magical girl because Sailor Moon gets her magic from Luna. She doesn't realize she has no inherent magic until Luna unlocks the magic within her. So...
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, well, Alan, I'm, my I'm question really is, into Sailor she, Moon, so I may have to correct you a little bit on this. Well, no, but... that's fine, but
0: would she have become Sailor Moon without Luna?
1: Yes, the answer is actually yes. Um, really quick, Sailor Moon does have her own magic. It's because she has the legendary silver crystal that is inside her, but also like gives her the power, and it like manifests outside her body. Like right. when she's reincarnated as Usagi and becomes Sailor Moon, Luna helps her unlock it. But the magic was always inside her because the legendary silver crystal was always inside her. So technically, she does right. have her own personal magic, even if. And Luna I agree has to with
0: that. I 100% agree with that, but I'm trying to use that same argument that, you know, well, Utna, she can do this stuff, but she has to have outside assistance okay, but she's still the one using the magic. She's still the one that's merging with Dio. She's still the one that can, you know, pull the sword from Anthe. Now, granted, anyone married to the Rose Bride can pull the sword from Anthe, but at the same time, it, at least up to where I am, it's shown that, you know, Utena is kind of almost the destined one that's supposed to be doing. So, I think it could be seen either way.
1: Yeah, I think maybe the difference in like this person's interpretation versus your interpretation is I think th- think this person is coming from a base idea of Utana doesn't have her own magic at all,
0: whereas mm-hmm.
1: you seem to come from the idea that Utena does have her own magic. It just has to, she just needs help unlocking that. Am I correct?
0: Pretty much, because my, my interpretation of a lot of the magic and stuff in Utena Now, to be fair, where I am, it is super vague. (laughs) Don't worry, (laughs) it does not get much more specific. What actually happens? Um, But I like to say that for me anyway, I see the magic that Utana uses is almost the magic of love in that... You know, because of her connection with Anthe, she was able to do much more than any other uh, person who used the sword before her. Only she has been able to get the ghost of Dio and, you know, do the big sword thrust and all that fun stuff because of her deep connection with Anthe. So it's the love that they share that unlocks a lot of that power. At least that's my interpretation of it.
1: Your interpretation is so adorable. I'm just gonna go with it. You <laughs> made my heart smile. Okay, they're they're
2: they best friendshipness, right? They're, is that what you're talking they're about? Gal
1: no, they're, they're gal pals.
0: They're gal pals, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent gal pals. <laughs> they're gal pals that I like to hang out and drink tea and maybe have sex.
1: Uh, you'll have to see the movie. Alan once you finish uh, the okay. series I am,
0: I am excited about the movie because I heard people turn into cars and I'm just like what that
1: is definitely a thing that occurs
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this show
1: another argument on the idea that Utena is not a magical girl is that while Utena is not a magical girl Anthe is mm. so um
2: is there an argument you can make there?
1: Uh, I mean... Or i Or not? I, yeah. uh, I she, mean, She's like,
2: very... She, she's a witch.
1: She has a more pronounced transformation sequence than Utena does because Utena just gets some embellishments on her costume, but Anthy goes through a full costume transformation. Choo-choo is her pet animal, and I'm going to say this as vague as possible because neither of you have finished this show. She is... Heavily instrumental in Sort of the saving the world Thing I don't, I can't say how obviously because Spoilers but right, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> But yeah So it could be argued That the one who actually takes off These boxes is Anthe
0: How do we feel about this? I have one major problem with it. Okay. And it, it's a problem that I have with Anthe as a character, even though she's my favorite. Um, and it's probably because she's my favorite. It's that Anthea very rarely has any sort of agency of her own. And to me, one of the... Big defining parts of being a magical girl is doing something it's stepping up in you know being able to do that now again Anthe's situation is unique in that I think there is literal magic that binds her to you know her situation but she doesn't really have either the agency to or the ability to act on her own
1: now you are technically right but and Alice isn't even here yet either. There is a a little more of Anthe taking oh, agency good, good, in the good, third good. arc. That uh, makes me
0: so happy. <laughs> yeah, there
1: there's a little more of Anthe taking her own agency in the third arc, and I feel like it's the whole first three arcs that kind of lead up to Anthe being able to do something at all. But Again, I, I'm
0: going to attribute it to love magic. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, yeah, uh, that's not an unfair statement. Alice, what do you <laughs> think about the idea that Anthony's a magical girl? Uh,
2: I, I mean, in the non-subgenre way, like, duh. I and mean, she's uh, literally girl a girl
1: and magical. magic, but...
2: But as a, mm, I mean, I'm kind of stuck in a corner now. You can argument, say
1: no. You can disagree with the, the author of this post, which I did not attribute to uh, otaple one com. I don't know. Yeah, it's otaple1half.tumblr.com. I don't know if I pronounced that wrong. I probably did, but.
2: Okay, here's the thing. And this is where I, like, um, become a hypocrite and also... <laughs> like destroy my credibility which is always what i do in the end but i believe in you i believe in my own victory there but anyway go. there we go um and in a purely mechanical sense yes she has to be because she feels she checks all of the boxes she's literally a girl who is magical she has a animal companion with who's the wise sage kind of thing she's got blah 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 blah, blah. she she fits into the whole thing very well but on the other hand which is the complete opposite of my of what i said with utina she doesn't really fit very well because like she's missing the one thing that makes a magical girl really a magical girl which is goodness goodness yes oh <laughs> like the thing of to me about magical girls and and, and this and maybe there's an anime with the magical girls that completely destroys this i'm not including magical girl apocalypse because it is a satirical horror fest i don't um, know what that is and it's amazing. Um
0: I've not heard of that either.
2: Don't look it up. <laughs> weird Dude, my hands magical, were getting on the keyboard. Weird Sopify magical girls annihilate humanity. But Ooh anyway. Boy. Um they they literally fall from the sky. It's 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 I wasn't gonna say magical, but it's interesting. Um anyway, even in Madoka, the magical girls are good. Like even in Madoka, which is the darkest one that I've ever watched, mm-hmm. they're still darker than this um that's a good point (laughs) i mean yeah like the fact that madoka is literally dr faustus with like six sixth graders um Mm -hmm. is pretty dark but like I, i guess technically this this would be darker in other ways um like they're still good if you look at them individually their motivations are generally mostly good they're selfish but they're not malicious they're not bad they're figuring and that's that's the most morally ambiguous one outside of maybe Utena, if we count Utena. and they're still trying still on are on the more good side the actual magical girls are like we look at say moon where they are unambiguously good
1: mm-hmm. love and justice
2: tokyo Miu, Miu, where they are unambiguously good and and also saving um, the environment <laughs> saving the environment look at them mm-hmm. so cute um
0: magic Night Ray Earth is another really good example of that. Yes, it is. Mm. But I'm just is curious, the, and is is, it, if, it if the good. answer to this is spoiler, <laughs> why is Anthe not considered good? I see her as a true neutral character to use like D and D terms because I'm a nerd and that's how I think. Um, but she's very true neutral. Two reasons. I have two answers for this. I
1: wouldn't okay. say that an assessment of her as true neutral is necessarily wrong.
2: Counterpoint. Anthe is... Are you going to say L-E, lawful evil? I'm actually was going to say lawful evil, yes.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: I'm curious um, as to why. Now, people, have, like, with the whole D&D alignment thing, you know, people always argue what do the good and evil actually mean. Right. I tend to use um, respect for life. As exactly. Being, mm-hmm. in, in a general sense. Um Evil characters tend to not really care about life and good characters tend to um, as a sort of way of separating them out so that you can have lawful evil characters who aren't necessarily villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthe, I, I, I see, as more being a little lawful evil and that doesn't mean that she is herself evil. What it means is that Anthe doesn't really have a vested interest in other people in any, even in the sort of like brotherhood of man kind of sense. Like, she is... In the very beginning, Anthe appears to be almost doll like in her lack of agency. Mm-hmm. And her we we have several at several points in the first half of the show are told point blank by characters that Anthe's personality does not exist and it is only a reflection. Now And I mean even she says it herself that, yes. you know,
0: I do what I am told by my husband or the how do they refer to the the, intended the 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 intended that's the word i
1: think it's the engaged maybe the engaged
0: Engaged. that was it
2: but at the same point even in those episodes where we are being told that anthony does show flashes of obvious intent and purpose
0: such as messing with nanami i was about to say towards (laughs) nanami
2: and look at the only times that we see anthony have real intent and purpose to be vulgar and frank, She only time we see that is when she's fucking with somebody. <laughs> True. The only times that I can really think of that we see some real, honest intention and purpose out of her is when she is doing something that is at least a little malevolent. Even if it's not super bad, Like th- she's not, throughout most of the show, she's not really a super positive person force. Mm-hmm. If anything, I see Anthy as being you could kind of, she kind of checks some of the boxes, but for me, Anthy is the person equivalent of the artifact or weapon that a magical girl gets. I mean, That's not true. just not just because she has the sword drawn out of her, but because that weapon, that power, that artifact is also it draws the magical girl into a
0: series of terrible events. I think those are very fair points.
1: That kind of ties into what Alan said about her being the magical girl companion. She's the yeah the Luna di- dispensing a wand out of her butt. Mm-hmm. Except it's the except babies. it's a sword
0: out of her chest. But whatever, <laughs> it's a heart sword. Same difference. It is the sword of love. <laughs> It's sort of something, all right. What's funny is I've been watching it, um, and it wasn't until recently that I noticed that uh, during the pulling the sword out scene, whenever Utana has it in front of her face, Anthe is reflected in the blade. Oh, and I, I know. I didn't right? notice that until a few episodes ago, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this
1: is so good!" There's so much good animation, like just in terms of like. Oh, things don't that get they me started on the
0: silhouette. I adore th- all the puppet, war- the shadow puppetry. And the way they do the silhouettes, it's just so good
1: oh yeah once we get done with our our central topic since we do have you here we are just going to talk about your feelings about Utena because oh my god Like, cool. how can you not right
0: <laughs> exactly mm-hmm.
1: okay I really like your point Alice about Anthe not being a magical girl because she doesn't have that innate goodness because I had not really considered that as an aspect but like now that you pointed out it's like that's like so like central to the idea of the magical girl is that they're fighting for justice and Anthy's not really really fighting for justice she's just kind of doing stuff
2: i mean even even what's her name the red spear girl from madoka she's just they're all just colors Mm -hmm. to me now um even even she is like even she's not fighting for justice you don't think until you realize that her whole character motivations are about the injustice and
0: unfairness of what happened to her Uh, her alan
1: are you familiar with monica magica
0: yes i've i've gone through the entire thing
1: okay just making sure yeah, Kyoko is
0: mm-hmm.
1: not really motivated by justice, like as a as a world thing, but she is sort of motivated by this like internal sense of having been wronged, which she was through her, like her family being in poverty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, Anthony doesn't have that internal drive towards goodness or justice that would really provide the foundation for a Magical Girl. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Hmm.
1: do so i guess now that we've looked at arguments against the question i'm going to go to our twitter because we did get a couple of responses back when we asked on our twitter about whether or not Utena is a magical girl and i'm going to twitter read those yeah we have a twitter
2: we have a twitter
1: yes well,
2: did I, no one ever tells me these things?
1: <laughs> I gotta scroll. We we've had a lot of conversations since then. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's been great.
2: What do they say on our Twitter?
1: Um, lots of things. Let's see. We've got an answer from shoe underscore mayor to our question about what because okay to start off when we put up a poll asking if Uchna is a magical girl back uh, about a month ago the answers were we had yes no and undecided and out of 17 votes 71 percent said yes 18 percent said no and 12 percent said undecided and I feel like that kind of I feel like that's pretty representative even of our opinions mm-hmm. here mostly yes a little undecided mm-hmm. and we got one response from shoe underscore mayor which said for me, Utena falls into the category of righteous magical girls who's willing to sacrifice for someone plus a magical connection to a sword that she has her own motives to fight while simultaneously being played adds so much depth to the abstract world of Utuna and why I love it. Magical girls often become a chosen one whereas Utana could be replaced by anyone. I love that she actively fights for her status quo. I wanted to say that she could walk away at any time, her antagonists are not a world threat, but for her Anthy is her world. Oh You can't diminish someone's emotional attachment, nor tell someone to just walk away. So in a way, like other magical girls, Utina does also fall out of control. Gee, I'm spamming. Whoops. That's okay, Shu. We love your response.
0: That was really insightful. Yeah, that was pretty good.
1: I also agree. I think that was very insightful and a very good response. We got an answer from a Twitter account that is uh, Utana 20th that was celebrating the Utina 20th anniversary. Oh, cool. They sent us a link to a response that I'm going to read. And it also, ooh, I'm going to have to drop this in the chat. Their response includes a picture of, this is a picture I had been actually having trouble finding. And it is Utana's original design, like wh- one of the mm, designs what? that they came up with before the show slash manga got started. Oh, Let wow. Any- I'm going to post the response uh, in the chat, and that way you guys can take a look at this because it is really good. The, the, her her design originally was so different from what it looks like now. She's still got, like, the masculine uniform, so to speak, but her hair is really different, and it's, like, orange, and you I can... I thought you f- were going
0: to say that she's actually wearing a boy's uniform?
1: Kind of, actually. Like, not the... <laughs> Actual boys uniform but it does look a little closer to the uniforms of the other characters in the picture and you can see at the bottom of the picture there is a character that has what was what presumably became Utuna's design kind of but Utana, if you look at that picture I just dropped it in our little chat here. Uh, Utena is the one in the middle with the sword and we oh, see wow. the character that would clearly become Jury on one side and mm-hmm. maybe Mickey on the other or I'd s- assume some some amalgam character of Mickey what and the Edward. hell? <laughs> yeah Utena's I design I am so
2: into this
1: she used to have much shorter hair
2: that's not Utana. that's Oscar
1: <laughs> she does kind of look like Oscar from Rosa Versailles a little bit
2: that's the, that's, that's the Rose of Versailles. That, her name is Rose and her old second name is Versailles. <laughs> Rose Versailles. That's that's 100% who that is.
1: Yeah, she has this short hair and the movie version of Utena also has short hair. So I guess that that's an idea that they decided to reincorporate into the movie as opposed to having it in the show. Oh, and, that'll
0: be weird.
1: Yeah, actually, oh, it's so interesting because movie Utana has short hair and movie Anthe has long hair. Whoa. I know, right?
0: My brain that's, is processing that. I'm not sure how to feel about it. That's weird.
1: <laughs> the response that we got from the Utana 20th anniversary Twitter account reads as follows. One of my favorite anime series, Revolutionary Girl Utena, was originally conceived as a magical girl show. On the liner notes for the second box of this year's re-release, staffer Yuichiro Oguro describes the early concept. We were thinking of it as a TV series for children. Oh, I bet they scrapped that early. (laughs) For which a toy maker would be the main sponsor. Oh, my God. I haven't read this yet, so I'm I'm reacting to this in real time. And they'd sell transformation items and whatnot. It was a story about a team of pretty soldiers who dressed in men's clothes fighting a villain called End of the World. So Juri and
0: Mickey were supposed to be heroes? I guess. Are you implying that Mickey isn't a hero? (laughs) Fair. I misspoke.
1: Since the setup was that the main character transformed when she kissed someone, the word kiss was in the title. The the idea for this transformation was Ikahara's, but Miss Saito seemed to like it quite a bit as well. I don't know if we've mentioned on the show before, I can't remember, but uh, when... Utena was originally going to be brought over to the states when they were going to be dubbing it. They were going to localize it, and it was going to be called Ursula's Kiss. The fuck? Utena would be Ursula, obviously. Uh. Ugh. <laughs> There is no surviving, like, they didn't actually get forward on this dub. The only the only evidence of this dub's existence is on the website for the company that was going to be distributing it. And they have, like, a character list with all the character names. And everybody's got, like, an English name. And they're all really bad.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: It's very good. But, yeah, it was going to be called Ursula's Kiss. But back to this... Response about magical girls. Obviously, Iko- Kunihiko Ikahara was considering trying to cater to the same magical girl loving audience that his Sailor Moon Super S did. However, while some fans do classify Utuna as a magical girl series due to the mystical transformations, Oguro recalls that as production progressed, the staff attempted to distance Utuna from the Maho Shoujo genre. The Utena plan is made of subtraction and addition. Around this time, we were working to subtract transformations, surefire attacks, evil organizations, and other stereotypical elements of the so-called Transforming Fighting Girls show pattern. Afterward, we realized we'd mm-hmm. subtracted too much, and we hastily added some things. But the end result of it all was that the project, which had begun as a Transforming Fighting Girls type show, evolved into something mysterious that couldn't be called that anymore revolutionary girl utina was becoming revolutionary girl utina the utina we see today then is not quite a magical girl show anymore but it was born and raised within the genre and its influence still shines through that is interesting that was a lot of information that i was not privy to i should have read this before bringing it up on the show but yeah man that's that's cool i didn't actually realize i knew i had seen this picture of proto utana before like this specific picture because i watched like a did you know anime video about revolutionary girl utana and this picture was in it but i didn't know that it was going to be like a big team show and it was going to be more in the vein of sailor moon i think that's really Mm -hmm. interesting how do we feel Absolutely. about this idea that it's not a magical girl show but since it was raised as a magical girl show it still retains a lot of those elements
2: it's been socialized as a
0: magical girl show oh no oh. Well, I love that actually, or <laughs> just, at least this part yeah. of it of that concept, uh, because like you guys, I'm from the South, so you know there's a certain southernness um, to the way we were raised and the you know our our accents and the vocabulary we use and all of that. That no matter where we go, it's something we take with us. It's the same with Utna. It was created, surrounded by magical girl stuff. Some of that stuck even when it stepped out and became its own thing.
1: Assigned magical girl at birth.
0: Exactly, and then was like, "No,
1: <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. I had to." Oh my goodness! I, c- I couldn't let the show go on without saying that.
2: Can, can I change my original answer to being that? That's the ri- that's my new answer to our original question now.
1: Okay, sure. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, that's this actually really that's really good. Mm hmm. <laughs> I don't know that we're... Again, I don't think we're going to be able to answer this because it is mostly a matter of opinion. So I don't know that Mm -hmm. there is a definitive answer. But I think that... All of these answers are very good. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that makes Utina so great is that Revolutionary Girl Utina doesn't have a single interpretation because it's so buck wild. There's mm-hmm. so much that you can derive from different parts of it and the whole thing as a whole. Like it, it leaves itself open to a lot of room for interpretation. So everybody can kind of read into it what they want. I think that that's really
2: great. Absolutely. I still think she's a magical girl.
1: <laughs> I also, I do, I also consider Utena a magical girl. And if I'm talking broadly about the concept, I will refer to Utana as a magical girl show, especially just for, like, the sake of brevity. Because I feel like if you describe it as a magical girl show, but you also let people know that it's, um... I feel like any time I tell somebody about the show I also have to go by the way also lots of incest. Sorry about that Not in the way you expect
0: Yep, lots of incest lots of things just being bonkers and making. what did you, you think sense. that they expected? <clears throat>
1: I mean, there's a different. We, I think we've talked about are, this are, before, or maybe we've only talked about it off air. I can't remember because I. Or maybe forget. I like
2: black. I blocked it out.
1: No, hold on. I I think either I know that we've talked about this outside of the podcast, but someone will have to remind me if we've talked about it on the podcast. Like, there's a difference between the kind of incest that you normally see in anime versus the incest in Utena because a lot of times when you have incest in anime it's done to kind of like titillate because it's like taboo or like because I don't know I don't understand why there's so much uh incest in anime we have a future theme episode guest who is going to talk to us about the incest. And I'm uh, interested in what they have to say about that, but
2: can one be interested yet, hor- yet horrified?
0: Yeah, basically. Well, I mean, it's, it's the whole concept of watching a train wreck, you know, or uh, rubbernecking on the highway, you know, you shouldn't look, but you know, it's horrid and it's awful, but it's there. But I, I, I agree The the incense or incense um. <laughs> The incest in Utena is handled delicately, but also ham-fistedly.
1: I think that part of the difference is, is that, like, there is no doubt whatsoever that the show does not condone these relationships. Because every mm-hmm. single one of these relationships is incredibly toxic and harmful to the people involved, Whereas when you have shows that normally have like, I don't know, like cousins or brothers and sisters that fall in love with each other, normally it's just sort of there and it's not really critiqued. And if anything, it could be taken as an endorsement. But in this show, there there aren't a lot of things that Uta takes a firm stance on. But I feel comfortable saying that this show takes a firm stance on the idea that these relationships are all very toxic and therefore not good. Yep. So yeah, that's I just, <laughs> that's what I, I, I just mean. had forceful
0: flashbacks to uh, Elfin Lied um, because I think I think the main character like his cousin falls in love with him, which is really awkward.
1: I think also, Alice, isn't that in Sword Art Online?
0: Yes, there is an incest episode. I know that for sure.
2: Well, okay, there is there is a one sided, unrequited incestuous love thing that is very much depicted as bad.
1: Okay, I mean, I don't care about Sword Art Online, so but I always but... have
2: to defend it. God damn it!
1: <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I ke- I only bring it up to shit on it because I'm terrible.
0: <laughs> I watched the first season of it, and I think my favorite episode was the one where they were fishing. That's a good one
1: i barely remember because i was mostly irritated throughout the first See, season it was
0: luna, weird with that show here.
2: what do you think luna doesn't care
1: oh <laughs> luna cares not for the anime of men
2: <laughs> oh geez but oh. yes alan were you gonna it, say something
0: oh sorry um the the thing that i liked about sword art Our line was actually not the action i liked the slice of life stuff yeah, um, which you know, I've talked about slice of life twice now, but I'm not actually usually a slice of life guy unless it's K on, then give that to me like with bread and butter. Hell and yeah, that up. I love me some K on. K on's um, good, but I think when you have something like Sword Art Online, another really good example is Dot Hack, where it's just this weird abstract concept. Now, great, granted, like their concepts are almost identical. Uh, uh, being trapped in this computer, for example, but living your life and being like, well, this is our lives now. What do we do? And I always thought that was more interesting than them actually trying to beat the game.
1: I I have to agree with you because I I'm somewhat of a Dot Hack fan, and that has also been one of my favorite parts of any type of Dot Hack thing is when they're just sort of like well, know, like it.
0: living in their little video game world. <laughs> just uh, do you know that Gu's getting a re-release? I did not. That's exciting. Uh, it's on the PS4, and it's going to be remastered. Ooh.
1: That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So I guess that's a wrap on our question because I don't really know what what more we can really say about it. I feel like we've kind of talked through it very thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Would you guys say? I
2: think so. Yeah, I think so.
1: So Alan, why don't you talk to us about Utena? Because you said that you're really excited to talk about it and we're excited to talk to you about it. Where do you want to start? Very,
0: very, very much so. Um, so I... Oh boy, where to start So for the listeners, I just got finished with the end of uh, Arc 2 And the uh, -um, uh, Naname recap episode Which was glorious (laughs) and needed After the WTF ending of the second arc Right, because just like ooh. um, but no, I love one of the things that I love about tonight, I think it's one of its greatest strengths is that every single character is very, very, very distinct. They have their own motives. They have their own, you know. A lot of times they'll cross, but each character is very, very different from each other and very, very recognizable. Um, Jury is my favorite student student council member. Um, I love her a lot. She's um, great. Like I said, I think Anthony might be my favorite character. Um, And part of that, I think, is where I am. It's a lot of the enigma. It's the who is she? What is she doing? I'm convinced she can see the future. Interesting. Well, and the reason I say that is a lot of the stuff with uh, Naname. Um, And, you know, you'd mentioned earlier about how, you know, she, the only time she had agency was fucking with people. But typically it led to something. It led to an end that was beneficial for Utna or that pushed the story forward more. Um, so I just, I really want to know what Anthe is. And I know it's a, a watch and find out, but, um, and even then maybe not, uh, but you know, I love exploring these characters, this world that feels so big and so, you know, deep, but you don't really know anything about it. I love that feeling.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that is so interesting about Uchna because like it has a pretty confined location. It pretty much stays at the school, but it feels like this world is so big and there are so many like possibilities for what could happen because you don't really know what's possible inside Otori because it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like Otori obeys a lot of the rules of the universe that we would expect it
0: to well i was actually just re-listening um i was i've been working my way up i'm listening as i complete episodes and you guys had a really interesting conversation about how Utana is a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that's no better example than within the Academy because it's almost like Wonderland. The, the rules of the world and physics and anything really don't apply there. Literally anything can happen. Um, and it gives Utena this almost nostalgic feeling because it's drawing from so many fairy tale tropes that it's familiar and comfortable but then it also does something that completely subverts that and you're just like whoa mm-hmm. wait a minute what just happened Yep.
1: oh yeah absolutely i really like this parallel because utana really is sort of an alice character she just sort mm-hmm. of stumbles into this world that she thinks that she understands and it turns out she has no idea what's going on and she sort of has to just take part in what's happening without really knowing what it's all about in the Mm -hmm. same way that alice has to navigate through wonderland ah i really like that comparison i don't know if we've talked about that before but that's really cool did i hear someone gonna say something
0: i thought alice was gonna say something alice
2: my i'm sorry my my connection went in and out there for a second oh no yeah but um ah, damn it i also was gonna say it was gonna be something about fairy tales
1: you can do it i believe in you
2: Mm -hmm. um we talked. We had that conversation originally, and the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. But the thing about fairy tales the one kind of like and eh, there about it is fairy tales generally were supposed to teach you something what well, is o't really trying to teach us something and i realized recently that you can kind of see it that way like fairy tales usually have sort of a point to them not even if it's not a direct moral something you go yeah like as a sort of you can glean from it and with mm-hmm. utana i think if you could glean anything it's that some relationships are bad yeah Like some entire categories of relationship. Mm -hmm.
0: But I also think that it shows that there is still love even when you don't think there is or you don't get it the f- if you don't get it right the first time so you know the way anthe was treated by um not say toga toga thank you the way anthe was treated by toga compared to the way anthe is treated by Utana, you can look at those two things and go wow that's radically different you know obviously you know it, it's kind of a a moral of how we should treat each other as people and respect each other um i think Miki is a good example of that too where he started out antagonistic and by the where i am he hangs out with them yeah
2: yeah like they're because you have both really terrible relationships in, mm-hmm. but also really good relationships in oh yeah and even of course it being utina even the good relationships are also kind of bad yep they're like very even flawed. even even the relatively wholesome friendship between mickey and the two girls is kind of undercut well, with this with this sort of like the the tension that is exploited in order to make get mickey to duel again and again Mm -hmm. is 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 there like if it weren't there it couldn't be exploited
0: my favorite example of that is uh wakaba uh, or wakaba whenever she was hiding um toga you know and and basically cast aside her relationship with utina for a dude and you know the moralistic point of that story was, ha, no, that's not a good idea. Don't do that. Um, as we saw, it kind of came back to bite her. But I also loved that, you know, that didn't end her friendship with Utena. If anything, they got stronger because, you know, Utena welcomed her back.
1: Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that we can also, and I like to kind of read this theme into anything, but I think we can also kind of get this idea about the importance of found family, because a lot yes. of the family in Utana is volatile or non-existent or like just not a solid foundation for any sort of life or relationships but these bonds that characters like Utana and Anthe and Utana and Wakaba and even kind of like Naname and Mickey a little kind of have mm-hmm. this like understand like these characters understand each other in a way that their own blood quote-unquote blood f- family members can't really really do. And I think that I really love the idea. I always love when characters can kind of find family with each other because I feel like society tries to put a lot of really heavy emphasis on blood family and the importance of blood family. And so it's always nice when you have a story that has these characters that can come together and take care of each other without the obligation of being related.
0: Oh, 1000%. And I, I don't know if this is the same experience for you guys, but especially being Southern um, You know, so much is put On blood family, Oh my and God! Yes, the Importance of, you know Oh, well, when I get old, I'm not going into A nursing home, I'm moving in with you Or, oh, you know, you're my Blood, therefore I should be able to Do whatever I want to you, no That's not how this works, um, and I Think it's a really great window Into, uh, like Alice was saying early earlier, the Toxicity of certain kinds of relationships And what is okay and what is not okay
1: yeah actually yeah mm-hmm. that yeah. I really like that because there is such a an emphasis down here on like you know your family is always going to be there for you but I mean that's kind of it's naive and idealistic Mm -hmm. and not really applicable in a modern time like 2017. Yeah, 99.9% of
0: the time, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not really applicable now, and I don't really know how applicable it ever has been outside of people thinking that that's how things should be. Mm -hmm. I love Utenet guys
0: me absolutely. too uh and like i said one of the other favorite things about utana uh, for me is the music um you oh know i God, adore yes. the opening and closing themes. i love the absolute destiny apocalypse i love the absolutely dun, 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 dun. batshit dueling songs that make absolutely no sense um i love the naname cow song um where it's like i'm gonna eat you like i don't think there's a thing in there and i'm i'm, I'm not gonna lie i'm a kind of a music snob um, but I don't think there's a thing in now that I've heard and gone, eh.
2: Yeah, the music is consistently good.
0: Yeah,
1: there's just, it's always so, it's always so appropriate. Like, mm-hmm. it's either, like, big and dramatic to fit the big and dramatic tone of the scene, or, like, it can be really goofy and silly when we've got stuff like... Like there's the music that plays whenever like Naname has her moments of Anthony Hamemi is a weirdo who keeps snails in her pencil box. Like, <laughs> there's so much. It's almost like the music is so like the music has such character and mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. life in it that it really like a lot of times I don't really notice music in something like I will if it's particularly good music but like I always notice the music in this show and how like how important it is and like the way that they will reuse tracks in a way that is reminiscent of like other anime that will reuse certain themes Mm -hmm. but like they do it in a way that it's kind of transcendent sometimes
0: i think the perfect example of that for me at least is eko and biko because for me as soon as i hear the boo <laughs> i almost get transported to like a carnival like a circus or a festival and then here come the shadow puppets and uh uh gong gong that's it uh extra extra yeah you know it, it it's so unique and, and perfect and just fits while at the same time being transportive. Um, I think it's, I, I don't know who the, um, the composer was for Utena, uh, but I have definitely been meaning to check it out because I think it's very, very interesting. And I want to look up more of what that person has done.
1: Yeah, I every time I hear a new song in Utena, it's just like, man, I gotta look this up and listen to this later because it's just like-
0: It's just so good.
1: It's so good. I had another point, but I lost it. I don't know where it went.
0: Oh my god.
1: Oh, I remember uh you you mentioned that you really love the shadow girls. Do you want to talk about that yes. a little?
0: I love Aiko and Biko. Um I I have always really liked puppetry. Um, and I I've always been really fascinated with that type of storytelling. And then all of a sudden, this anime gives me two perfect, wonderful shadow girls that teach lessons and tell stories even when those don't actually make sense. But the thing I love the most is the way that they are animated. It it it's that. perfect combination of jerky like a puppet but also smooth and elegant just like all the rest of the show Mm, like they just really nail the visual style
1: Yeah, absolutely, like, I love, because a lot of times you can see kind of a parallel between what it is that they're talking about and what's actually happening, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just like... Out in left field. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, it's so out of left field, and just, like, they're so delightful and charming, and I love their little voices, and Mm -hmm. I just...
2: It's just great.
1: It's such an interesting, recurring idea for a show to have I don't know that I've really seen another show that does something like this at least not like within the genre I might be wrong I may just not have seen enough anime, but like it just feels like this is such a, a unique narrative device for this show to have is these shadow girls. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, So I looked up the composer okay. whose name is yeah. uh, Shinkichi Mitsumune, and I was looking through notable compositions, and you know, Utena stands out, but that was a Rosen Maiden, um, but one that stuck out to me really fast, they also did the composition for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters.
1: Oh my god, are you serious?
0: I am dead serious. Really? That's
1: amazing.
0: Um also FLCL.
1: Nice. I didn't know that. Huh, that's interesting mm-hmm. i'm so blown wow. away that they were on Yu-Gi-Oh! duel monsters that's so me good too. i love Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: me too i, I love know. it um i need to watch the japanese um i've only ever seen the american version
1: me too honestly
0: but i, I want to watch the japanese to kind of get the sense of it but uh, pegasus will never be the same because pegasus is perfect and i love wait pegasus there are so people weird. who actually watch the real show and not just like abridged <laughs> <laughs> okay Yu-Gi-Oh the abridged movies Is one of the things in my mind That proves God loves us Because um, the Yu-Gi-Oh abridged movie Is just absolutely hysterical And I can literally watch it over and over to laugh oh, With your card crazy. games and your playstations And your nipple rings
1: <laughs> I I feel like someone has probably Done an Utena abridged But I don't know Oh my it God. would be very good I would have to oh, look I into it I can't
0: imagine it. that being good because I think it would just be somebody screaming,
1: all of this is insane!
0: Over and over and over.
1: Yeah, probably. Oh man, I remember the heyday of anime abridged series.
0: Yep, and Helsing abridged was big. I'm trying to think of other ones that were really big.
1: Well, definitely uh, Dragon Ball abridged. Dragon Ball,
0: of course, with Team Four Star.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Bless Team Four Star. Hail yep. Team Four Star full of grace. Are
0: you a Yoshi?
2: <laughs> yes, Goku. I'm a fucking
0: dinosaur. Dinosaur. So good.
1: Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about about the show?
0: Um, not really. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm just so glad to have had the opportunity to talk with you guys. Um, it's just so cool to be able to talk about Utana. Um, mm. because not a lot of people, or at least where I am, not a lot of people have heard of Utana. Um, so it's kind of fun to be able to dig into it a little bit because it's crunchy.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I feel like people either have heard of Utana, like they like could recognize like if they saw Utana the character like they've kind of if you're in anime culture you've either heard of Utana or you love Utana it feels like right. there's really not a lot of in between because if you've watched it it's kind of all consuming it's so like bizarre and strange and interesting that it's hard not to think about it all the time because it's just yeah. there's so much there and we actually we in the chronology of the podcast just got to a very important episode which reveals some key information about Utana and Anthe that I'm really excited for when you get to watch it. Mm,
0: in it's episode
1: wild. Thirty-four, I believe. Thirty-four?
0: Okay, so wilder than everything in Arc Two was a dream.
1: Um, it's more I each arc kind of recontextualizes everything that, that is came before true. it. And so, like, there are things that we've been shown, but we haven't seen the full picture. And so we start to see more of that full picture as the oh that's exciting show gets towards yes it, the end of its last arc we're only in the first we've only done the first episode of this last arc but it's we've gotten to the top of the roller coaster and now we are hurtling down
0: awesome i can't wait to get there
1: yeah i'm so excited for you to get there Ooh, it's good Well, I guess we've tackled our question and we've talked to Alan about this wonderful show that we all love. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's going to wrap us up. So uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utenacast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanada. Alice, where can they follow you
2: on Twitter? They can follow me at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F.
1: And Alan, where can the people find you on the internet? should you wish to be found.
0: Sure. Um, they can find me on Twitter at Alan underscore cells. Um, I'm on a bevy of podcasts. Um, I won't go through all of them, uh, but my main ones are the Cool Kids table, which we talked about earlier, um, which is at CKTCast. Um, I'm also the game master for Pokemon World Tour United. So it's an actual play Pokemon RPG uh, where it's us putting Pokemon in cute clothes and maybe saving the world. Um, it's a lot of fun. I do all the voices uh, for all the Pokemon, which is uh, a lot of fun to do.
1: Shannon Maynor also does <laughs> does a lot of comics for Pokemon World Tour United, which are yes. amazing.
0: They are incredible. She actually just sent me some proofs for a comic she's working on. And I'm just like, ah, I'm in awe of you all the time forever. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if you want to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at imaginemeandyoutena.tumblr.com. And if you want to email us because you want to come on the show, we're running out of episodes, but we're going to be doing the theme episodes where we talk about just different... Stuff relating to the show and not necessarily individual episodes. So, if you have an idea for one of those that you'd like to do, let us know. You can email us at Imagine Me and Newtana at gmail.com. And we do have a Patreon. You can find the link to that on our SoundCloud, on our Twitter, on our Tumblr. Basically, anywhere we can be found, you can find the link to our Patreon. And that helps support us, which is great. And if you do that, you could probably get some fan fiction written for you by Alice. Oh, yes.
0: Which is so cool.
1: Which would be amazing. And we also, depending on how long it is, we might read it on air. Who knows? I just said that without actually telling Alice that I might do it. So
0: we'll see how that goes. Well, that could be a fun special episode.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, <laughs> I guess that does us for this week, guys. Revolutionize the world, everybody.
2: See you later. Bye.